0: This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Ciraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities from the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond Washington and on location this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. Our guest today is Michael Lear, founder of Lear Architects in Los Angeles. Michael found the uh, Lear Architects in his native Silver Lake District of Los Angeles Work from, his work from uh, Intimate to the Monumental, I love that, is grounded in the idea that beauty is a rediment of human dignity. He designs for the community with a reverence for light and space. His delight is a matter of extreme gravitas in the work. His work elevates every day and celebrates the community. That's for sure. For more information, feel free to visit LearArchitects.com. Again, that's L E H R e-r architects.com hello michael honored and really really excited to have you on the show today thank you very much for being here
1: my pleasure to be here with you tom uh it's it's uh michael, yeah we should... it's a joy to to talk about things we we are passionate about together
0: a, a, a joy Talk a little bit. Of, I know usually we start our show off with, you know, a quote or a prayer or a mantra that matters much to you. I'd love to hear that as well. But since you said joy, talk, share with this your audience today what joy means to you.
1: Well, I think joy means being fully present in the moment uh, and uh, being fully alive. I think, and whether it's in a state of quiet mindfulness or, uh, you know, from uh, from knowing your breath to empathic and feeling the, the pleasure and joy of nature, of being with other human beings, uh, the pleasure of either quiet or manifest smiles in oneself and others, I mean, that's joy. And I think that, uh, I, I think that it's a, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that joy or delight synonymous words or darn close words for me, you know, are you know, one of the, 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 the Vitruvian of um, uh, virtues. So I think it's maybe uh, the first among equals of uh, firmness, commodity, and delight as uh, the Vitruvian virtues of architecture. Uh, I think it is the the defining attribute of architecture uh, 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 for me, uh, both aspirationally in my own work and just in, in being alive in, in buildings and places and cities and
0: nature. Michael, here's another heavy-duty question I didn't plan on asking you, but I, I just uh, sense a, a real joy in you for sure is, why does this matter so much to you as a human being? D- design living well and and living ha- helping others to live well as well.
1: Well, you know, when I was uh, a little boy, I mean, I'd around three or something. Uh, I, uh, I I I observed that when you smile at someone, uh, that you and life is good. <laughs> Uh, you know we're on the planet for a short period of time. You know, a blip in the universe, and so you don't want to piss it away. Piss it away, and you want to, uh, you know, and 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 actually, joy—the the deepest joy isn't about necessarily about laughter, and which are good. I mean, it's being fully, you know, sort of a, a joy in being alive and being fully human and 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 sentient and sense and sensory and sensual uh and uh you know being able to appreciate not love the difficult moments and the, the difficult, uh, as well as the moments where you just you know uh you can't believe that uh that life can be so beautiful i i i um, i think i was the natural sense of awe Uh, which makes life a lot easier this belief in how beautiful it is to be alive and how beautiful the world can be and and then if you're you know uh blessed also with the ability to you know to actually every now and then make something a place which is darn nice or maybe even a little beautiful
0: well, your places are definitely beautiful. And I wanted to, uh, interesting that you you said something um, about breath or breathing, is your work has a lot of breadth from what I've discovered. Is that by design? Um, and I don't know if anyone's ever said that. <laughs> your work has a lot of breadth to it. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, space is, is the thing for me.
1: I mean, sort of my personal definition, architecture which i think i came up with 20 years ago i mean it's not unusual but it's very precise for me architecture is the shaping of space with light to create practical and emotive places so move number one is space uh we make stuff we make solid we make objects to their main work and uh we shape them, and we see them in light. And the way light manifests itself um, is is fun is critical. I mean, light is the thing. Light and spirit, for me, are pretty darn synonymous. And we have two missions uh, to make them practical and emotive. If they don't work, you don't really care how they uh, and don't elevate the spirits. You know, I guess. it's like who cares? I mean. You know, it, it, the 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 goal is really to do all. Of. I mean, that's that's when architecture is is doing its work. That's what it. That's what it's doing.
0: Talk a bit about the elevate the spirit, because that's a, quite ethereal and it's not tangible like architecture, uh, and and the built environment.
1: Well, yeah, I guess it? it depends. It, well, I think it is tangible. <laughs> yes. So. uh my uh, I, I i believe it is uh uh I think the goal is to create places where uh whatever they're doing they're a a a, a studio a bedroom a kitchen a classroom uh, a mechanics uh shop uh that the goal places that you are ha- where you are happy to be alive, whether you are doing the function in that space that it's called for or not. If you make a place like our studio, for instance, I, you know, it, it's a fine space and, you know, we have work to do. Go there without work to do. It's like, oh, I'm happy to be here because I am happy to be here, the place. And I believe that the space is orchestrated i believe uh uh the uh the type of 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 of, of uh i mean acidity, more than clarity uh, uh uh and the way the way i mean space as a harness as as a place to harness uh a light and celebrate it um, you know, natural light. I think again. I, uh, I mean, I think neural n- neuroscience supports this. But whether it, and certainly post COVID, we know that our sensibilities are in fact uh, the right ones for health. That you know, uh, fresh air and 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 places where you're happy to in that and and see light orchestrated. Maybe that's not a COVID insight. Um, the way it washes on surfaces and also. Light, natural light is dynamic. It changes all day long. So you have actually a kinetic element embedded in your architecture. You know, those are the, the, those are things that well-orchestrated,
0: you know, make you happy. Period. That's the greatest good.
1: <laughs> happy to realize that's the... Uh, You know, and it's a—I mean, for me, that's a fundamental. I mean, it's where the aesthetic and the spiritual coincide. I mean, for me, they're kind of one and the same. You know, probably conventionally a fairly religious person, Um, uh, but I think that if you know, the an idea of prayer, for instance, uh, is that you know you say a blessing on something before you eat it or before you do an activity that, really, is so you don't, granted, you're mindful and present, like, I'm going to do this, and I'm lucky me, I get to do this. I think that's the role of architecture. I mean, architecture honors or sanctifies or celebrates, but uh, the the activities which are housed in it, like, whether it's a kitchen pantry or a kitchen or a dining room, uh, like, you know, a kitchen is a place that honors and celebrates the act of food preparation by oneself or in community, and you're there, and you're you know it's a great activity, but you're just happy to be alive doing that. I, I and you know I I think that you know there are other words that stood to that. I think Lou Kahn, uh, you know, when he talks about served and servant spaces. Uh, Talked, uh, you know, I think certain, you know the equivalent of sacred and. I mean, a served space, you know, and every, every space has the possibility of being a served honorific space. Every, every human activity is elevated. And, 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 and the role of architecture, I think, is uh, to make the present in that activity and in that moment.
0: This is terrific. This is also the Architecture and Innovation Show brought to you by Sierra Cloud. We're talking today with Michael Lear founder of Lear Architects. For more information, feel free to visit the website at leararchitects.com. That's L E H R E R architects.com. There's a uh, back to a quote and I don't know who said it, but I I have a good idea of what the what it is and I won't jumble it up too much. Michael is a uh, um one brings honor to a place. A place does not bring one honor what's your thoughts on that
1: uh well i think that's another part of our job description i mean i think the you know the work is beauty and meaning ability uh where most or others don't or can't i mean with placemaking. I think it it has to do with people too, you know. I mean, duty and positive and being is, you know, some human beings are more challenging than others. I mean, as an architect, it's generally not our option to say, "Wow, this is the ratty, ugly place. Get someone else." Uh, our job is to figure out. Okay, wow, this, uh, I I I I I see that. There's the possibility of making a beautiful, special, you know, hyper-functional, hyper-elevating uh, uh, type of place. I think mining the world, mining the world or mining places for beauty is, you know, part, again, another part of our job and, and it's most interesting where it is most elusive. I mean, uh, we we've done a lot of tiny homes villages recently, and uh, one of them was such a horrific site. And it was a, it was a delicious thing to transform it. I mean, taking something which is nothing, nothing except throw perceived as crummy throwaway space, making it uh, productive and. At- Oh, beautiful. That's that's a real. That's a powerful thing. That's a good thing to do.
0: On that good thing to do, can you share with us a, a recent project without naming names, unless you'd like to, that uh, where, where you uh, experienced that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the the goal is, I mean, maybe not every project, but that that is that's that's the job is to to, to try to make so that you 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 know you're. You experience it if you successfully made made good places. Well, in the last uh uh two uh two yeah, years, we've done uh one bridge shelter and about six uh, five or six tiny homes, villages. So these are transitional uh places, transitional shelters for people on the street and uh, so that they leave, uh, are in these shelters. Uh, they're not permanent housing by any means. Uh, um, you know, you start with the idea up to three months, longer depending on the person's need and the availability of housing. Um, uh, and, 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 and their work is to help people transition. If you've been living on the street for a long time, there may be social skills or life skills that you have either forgotten a uh, long ago, or or you may be in, in, you know, you may be in challenged enough that you're going to, you know, you're going to need help to to get along, uh, um, you know, with. Uh... Um, case workers and things like that. And, anyways, um, the uh, so each of these are little campuses, right? And um, uh, the first one we did, the bridge housing shelter, uh, was uh, a dorm style. So you'd have many beds and like cubicles, uh, like office cubicles with walls five feet, uh, you know, separating each each cubicle. And then the sub- subsequent uh, project for tiny home shelters and. Um, uh, you know, there the 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 uh, turnover was hyper fast. I mean, kind of magical. I don't know if it will ever be repeated, yet, but where the, the city bureaucracies and everybody was. uh effectuate uh, results like in real time and complicated jobs. Job, also, each site was built in between two and three months. So, uh, you know, the first work is the, as it is in most projects, is problem to solve. You have people living on the street and you want to provide en route to housing. That's a good thing to do. Um, so the first audience are those folks living on the street. The second audience is the neighborhood neighborhoods in which these projects exist because um, the goal of, I think, Frank, a piece of architecture but certainly something which may push some buttons in a neighborhood, is uh, at best to enhance the neighborhood, um, but the to be a benign presence in the neighborhood. It's really important uh, because these, before these projects come in, a lot of neighborhoods get very nervous. Once they're in, they tend to Almost immediately, and the 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 third audience, uh, which ultimately may be the most important audience, is the culture at large. And uh, you know, the question is, uh, which I think it I mean always is or should be, is how do you, how, well, uh, well, first of all, how do you uh, affect the culture? um and so in these projects you want to both destigmatize this 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 population this population of sisters and brothers you know are so often categorized as the other as opposed to just hasn't had a house for a while and then you want to destigmatize the places which shelter them and house them and uh the role of design and architecture is uh, and good design, a, a successful design in, in architecture, is that you make places that are a little nice or even a little beautiful, and you say, "Oh, look! These are the places we're making for our sisters and brothers, and we can be proud of them and actually smile, and they smile because they they appreciate that that ex- that work has been made to make a place which honors their existence and take them for granted. That's of architecture and then for the larger culture if to the imagination uh uh you, you know you do that and that's actually I mean that is the role of architecture uh um you know we 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 we've a number of infrastructure projects and one of my insights about infrastructure is that what I call the conundrum of infrastructure is that the better it does its work the more in- it is and you know it's like how often have you actually had running water in your tap how often had you had experienced blackouts maybe a few times i mean it's there all the time and it's really hard to build stewardship and a sense of real real embedded caring when what you need to care about is omnipresent and and and, and second nature so the role of design for instance in our infrastructural projects but uh, is to uh and the role of beauty uh is to capture again people's imagination oh this is the way this is our system where we bring water uh and or this is where we uh treat water isn't that and and, and a place you look at and say place oh that's that's what it does that that uh, you know, honoring those basics of civilization in a way that captures people's imagination, uh, you know, is really important. And I think, is from the aqueducts, you know, uh, to Gordon Kaufman at the Hoover Dam or, and the things, the pump buildings along the Colorado River, you know, that's part of it. That's part of, I mean, I think that's what architecture is really important.
0: Terrific. Again, this is the uh, Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Sarah Clad. Our public service announcement today is for the Homeless Healthcare Los Angeles. And uh, who Homeless Healthcare of Los Angeles helps is they help people who want clean needles, basic health services, and a path towards housing. For more stories and about the uh, the organization, feel free to visit the HHCLA.org. That is the Homeless Healthcare Los Angeles. We're talking today with architect Michael Lehrer of Lehrer Architects in Los Angeles. You can find him on the web or find their company on the web at uh, leararchitects.com. Again, that's Lehrer, L-E-H-R-E-R, architects.com. Michael, share with us why homeless Healthcare Los Angeles means and matters so much to you. Uh, I did my first my first project for that
1: population in 1999. Uh, and uh, it was the downtown homeless drop ins, and that was a kind of a radical time. It was for people living on the street respite. Place where you could come and shower. There was a clubhouse, a courtyard, uh, laundry, um, but you know living on the street and the vibe there was really happy and, and uh, uh, again sort of honoring and respecting on the street. The attitude was also um, a term which uh, is really the overarching mantra of homeless healthcare, care uh, LA, which is harm reduction. Uh, an important word to know for everybody to know in, the, in this time when we are all so focused on finding housing for the houseless. Um, and harm reduction basically means accepting people back with no judgment. So, for instance, at our drop in center, uh, and I worked kind on of it with uh, another uh, a colleague who, who brought the project, uh, Farouk I Amin. Mean, um, at the drop in center, there were no gates for the first three years. And there were greeters at the entrance on the street, because people were who were living on the street. Many reluctant to come in; they didn't know what to be sucked into, and they were, you know, welcome to could hang out, work around, go watch TV, or leave. For a few years, um, I think they put in a gate, and after and after a few visits, you would visit a caseworker, but. Big idea was no judgment and people with an open heart. Within two or three years, I I did another project in, in Skid Row area of Los Angeles, the James Woods uh, Community Center, James Woods Community Center, which is like a living room for Skid Row. Uh, I was approached by Homeless Healthcare about twenty years ago uh, to be on their board and uh, have been on their board and uh, several years was president of. And they are, I don't know if it's proper to say that they are, I don't know if they're radical, but they are real, they're very serious thought leaders and are passionate, if not radical, about the notions of harm reduction. For instance, among the projects that uh, we're actively looking at, uh, and our, our harm reduction leader, Darren Willett, is really the thought leader there and the effectuator of things uh you know uh safe rooms which are uh challenging they have their challenges but are also important the idea that you know if you're a junkie you're also a human being and how do we respect your existence by making it safe for you to do what you need to do because you need to do that you can't you can't shed your drugs you may never be able to maybe you will but while you are on drugs we honor your existence and what to do so, so that range of, of 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 needle exchange we have an integrated treatment and we do lots of training for lots of organizations from the jails to Kaiser uh so it's a, it's a robust uh uh, uh organization and its offerings and uh as I said I mean a uh, very privileged to be with it and um I I believe that uh you know in these 23 years of involvement with uh, the community and ways of uh of of of, of serving uh, uh uh people living on the street and getting them off the street um you know there's an, there are other levels of uh hopefully of insight and understanding that that um affect the work although you know I mean I'm a one-trick pony as an architect. I mean, it it always comes down to how do you make places that elevate people's experience, and uh, you know, uh, uh, make them uh, you know happy to be alive.
0: Michael, what would you like to share that we haven't uh, you haven't touched on in our on your interview today? Is there anything you'd like to share in particular that we may not have touched on?
1: Well, I think that community, well, community is all we got, (laughs) you know, uh, whether and we're, you know, as we grow up, as we live life, we are the part of many different communities, you know, simultaneously, the community of our family, community of our schools, of our religion, of our city, of our profession, the community of the many, even the community In ourselves, we have many different uh, selves. And I think, uh, you know, sort of housing, housing community is, again, a definition of our nurturing. Uh, You know, we we pride ourselves. We really uh, like, if not love, mission-driven clients. But I would say probably most of our clients don't come to us you know wearing their mission on their sleeve if they even know what it is, but very few clients leave us without knowing what their mission is I mean architecture the process of making it building it and experience it if it's done well, nurtures community it is the it is the you know, provides the setting for community again for the self. Couple for the many. That's why housing is so much fun and important to do. How do you embed the different layers and the complexity of 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 uh, of community? Uh, you know, and uh, and and I, I think related to that. Uh, you know, sort of is the idea of of engagement and long engagement. Uh, I think you are very blessed Believe I am that my day job is my main form of fulfillment as an architect, but because, and I actually make architecture, I'm good. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm a happy camper. I actually spend my life making architecture, but that empowers me to be involved with the community, to be on commissions, to be on to run organizations, to to use and also to use the very powerful skills that being a design architect gives you—the synthetic skills, the the ability to work with people in endlessly different silos and bring them together in ways that never do if you weren't there to bring them together. Full civic skills to have. And they're also skills. I think our predicate. Thought which has become clearer in the last year. It's I think it's fundamental to me, but uh, sort of I guess our our newest uh, mantra. To be flat out, say architecture is optimism. Uh, and it's kind of that simple. I mean, if you think about it, um, and architects, uh, not that every architect you know would necessarily, the first thing out of your mouth would be, wow, that woman is the embodiment of optimism. It not be the case, but in fact, facing chaos and formlessness and all, don't like, that militate against beauty and success outcomes and spending your life doing that and ending up with places that actually are beautiful and are places of betterment and improving the human condition that's a good way to spend life and that's and that mindset understanding that out of normal people see op, uh, see oppositions and tensions and say oh something's wrong who's screwed up Right? I mean, that's a normal risk going, not right. An architect looks at tension positions and says, oh, we must be alive because there are tensions and oppositions. And my goodness, there's a happy, optimistic outcome. We can orchestrate these tensions and oppositions in a way that not only do we solve the individual problems, but we have a greater good and a greater state of being uh, well, that's that's a beautiful way to spend a life, and I think that's that is a quintessence of an optim, of, of 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 an optimistic outlook and an op, of, of the architecture uh, as optimism. And I think that's why it's very important, you know, for architects to be on boards of anything that's important. I mean, any board of directors should have a an architect or two or three of them on because. You know, we are the we are the you know among the few that have problems. Well, yeah, you can solve that problem, but this is an opportunity to improve our organization. You know, in solving the problem, either for the same amount of effort or for a little bit more, we can multiply the the great outcome. And because that wired, we are hard wired to achieve those outcomes. That is what, and we. We often take it for granted, but that is a very special thing to do as a human being.
0: Michael, it's been an absolute honor and a real pleasure and joy having you as our guest today. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
1: Uh, uh, It's a a joy to talk about things with uh, fellow human beings who are also passionate about them. And uh, thank you very much.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Our guest today has been Michael Lear, architect and founder of Lear Architects in Los Angeles, his native Silver Lake district of Los Angeles. Michael's work is, uh, is to elevate every day and celebrate the community. For more information, feel free to visit the website of LearArchitects.com. Again, that's Learer, L E H R E R, Architects.com you've been listening to the architecture and innovation podcast by syraclat join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect engineer influencer or civic leader who is committed to a positive and sustainable city community and people's lives thank you for listening